Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about born biased, understanding the neurological foundation of babies and bias. If you're interested in furthering this conversation, please email me at contact at drbconnections.com. Or if you want to book a training or learn more about me, go to my website at www.drbconnections.com. Without further ado, let's get started with the episode. bias and racism are dividing our country. COVID-19 has illuminated the grave disparity between blacks and whites in the USA. COVID-19 has us all talking about and protesting against racism and injustice for equality across racial lines. This is not to say that racial bias does not exist across ethnic groups. It does. But today, in light of COVID-19, we're exposing the effects of long-term, deeply rooted systemic racism. Systemic racism, what does that mean? Well, it impacts every corner of our culture and we're at a crossroads for change. There's no way we're going back to normal. We are way smarter than that. Who wants to go backwards anyway? Now that we've uncovered so many disparities, based almost exclusively on racial differences and implicit and explicit bias? Really? Do you want to go back? I know, I know, there are some people who do want to, quote, just get back to normal. This show, probably not for you. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Delusional optimism is all about learning new things through a lens of innovation. Let's learn new things that are complicated and break them down into easy, understandable, actionable items. Let's create and build a world that we want based on compassion, human decency, and science. Okay, let's dig into the research about babies and racial bias. In the past, we believed that parents taught their children racial bias, both implicitly and explicitly. Implicitly means by choosing who to set up playdates with, where they lived and what neighborhoods, what skin color their baby dolls had. It's the undercurrent, the things that we don't talk about in terms of bias. Implicit bias is what you don't see that's under the water. Really, who you hang out with. Do you have friends that are different? Parents taught children racism explicitly by making racial comments, laughing at or telling racial jokes, and intentionally avoiding people who are ethnically different. We believe that parents taught children to be racist. Yes, in some cases that's true, undeniably true. Children do learn racism directly from modeling and teaching from parents, family, community, school, all of these places. 
But it's also not that simple. A professor at the University of Toronto named Dr. Lee has been researching infants and racial bias. And his work revealed that racial bias begins in early infancy. This makes sense to me on both a developmental and a neuropsychological level. Biases develop naturally based on exposure. Babies look mostly at faces that are ethnically similar to their own faces, especially during the first year of life. And especially now during COVID because they're probably sheltering in place with their families. It's not hard to imagine that the majority of faces a baby interacts with are members of the same racial group. We already know that babies can distinguish their mama's face from another woman's face very soon after birth. We also know babies prefer their mama's face to that of a stranger. So there's an immediate bias or preference for an ethnic group that the mama belongs to. That makes perfect sense. Dr. Yang and his team found that infants in the U.S., the U.K., France, and China favor members of their own race and showed bias against other races by as early as six months of age. In their study, babies associated faces from their own race with happy music and faces from other races with sad music. Yang and his team also published another study in the journal called Child Development. Here, they reported that babies as young as six months old learned new information from an adult from his or her own race easier than from an adult from a different race. These two studies challenge the popular belief that race-based bias starts actually in preschool. It does not. It starts long before that. We used to think that children learned racial differences as soon as they were exposed to them in places like preschool and could talk about those differences, but this research is teaching us otherwise. I love this research because for me, it provides us with an optimistic path in regards to racism. If we can discover how racial bias develops and when, then we can intervene and implement strategies that counter this kind of preference. The brain is in service of survival. It makes perfect sense that survival is contingent on recognizing and attaching to parents and families first. These are the people most invested in babies' protection and safety. This emotional dance is the most powerful relationship that seals the deal shortly after birth. The baby makes eye contact with the mother and the father and close caregivers. And this visual connection along with touch, warmth, and gentle stroking activate the release of oxytocin. Remember what oxytocin is? It's the neurochemical that makes us fall in love. Now, if you think about babies and you think about their vulnerability and their helplessness at birth, This is a survival skill. By making eye contact with people close to you and connecting causes a neurochemical response in the brain that releases oxytocin and pulls these adult caregivers in to fall in love with you. And when somebody's in love with you, what do they typically do? They take care of you. 
So this is a neurobiological response that supports our survival. Oxytocin also reduces stress hormones from climbing while supporting security and calmness and attachment. So not only are we getting drawn in and falling in love with this baby and then wanting to do whatever we can to take care of it and protect it, but at the same time, that oxytocin is reducing our stress hormones so nothing is gonna interfere with that intensity of attachment that happens at the beginning of life. So doesn't it seem obvious and important that a helpless infant should recognize the racial qualities of a parent's face? This natural process of attachment points babies to having a strong preference for these people too. Totally appropriate. Immediate interconnection between baby and mama reveals the powerful evolution and social engagement right from the beginning of life. Okay, back to racism and how to build a more unbiased and inclusive society. Here are the takeaways. First, infants are gonna prefer caregiver faces. And that's exactly what we want from them. That's what we want them to do, to build attachment and security for this vulnerable little being. We know that most faces that babies see in their first year of life are people of a similar race. So in order to counteract the mono or biracial bias from being strongly wired into the brain at the front end, we need to expose babies to faces or people of different ethnicities. So seeing differing facial characteristics are not perceived later as different or unsafe. They're just viewed as a safe variation of the same thing, a face. So if you think about it in like a school context, you think, oh, we show kids flashcards of letters or we show kids flashcards of, you know, math problems. What if we thought about showing babies flashcards of people of different ethnicities, just different variations of what people's faces look like. This allows for the brain to create wiring in order to match up the similarities and differences between their loving caregivers of their particular race, but also with different faces of different ethnicities. So all faces have eyes, nose, mouth, ears, all faces are fairly symmetrical, but maybe skin tone is a little bit different or eye shape is a little bit different or nose shape is a little bit different. There are different characteristics to each of the major areas of a face. So this is how we would expose children, especially if we don't have a diverse group of friends and during COVID-19, even if we do have a diverse group of friends, they're probably not able to come around and be around our babies during this time that we're sheltering in place. And especially behind a mask. This is so hard for people right now because there's a neurological preference and a bias for what's familiar. So now that we know this information, but we weren't raised on this information, so we already have this internal wiring that says, something's different in our environment. We've talked about this and that sets the amygdala off a little bit and says, huh, this is a different kind of face than my face or the people that I'm used to. So maybe I should be afraid. 
And that's problematic. So we really have to face that within ourselves. Most of our systems have categorized people by race in some way or another, and that created first a strong implicit bias or an unconscious preference that in many situations has turned into explicit bias and outward racism. We can start here. As optimists, we can learn about this neurological process and talk about it, and we can work on battling the biases and become better people ourselves. We can raise babies who are wired for inclusiveness, inclusiveness of difference, and can still navigate safety. We know enough today about the brain and how it perceives danger versus safety and how it perceives difference versus similarity. We need to use that information in our child rearing. We have so many opportunities before us. This kind of information needs to permeate our medical community, OBGYNs, pediatrics, as well as in our educational system. Can you imagine what the future could be like if we spent time focusing on learning about different characteristics of faces in the neurobiological response to emotions and stress rather than so much time on differences between numbers and letters? I get it. It sounds like a brave new world. I'm in. I hope this has you thinking and I hope this was interesting and helpful. Today, go forth, leave a life print, until next time, I love you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life print.